Welcome, everyone, to another special episode. We have special guest Heather Walpole from UU Yarns joining Jim and I today. Yay! Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Hi, Katie. Hi, Jim. Oh, yeah. oh my Hi, Heather. That name, you, you, yarns. <laughs> That's right. We had a whole discussion about how it was you like the sheep, not you like the tree. So, or not, and not oh. you like, not, not me. Or right. You. You. And not you like gross. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I also yes. get a lot of questions. Uh, the United Unitarian Church or something also, uh, they call themselves you, you. Oh, yeah, the you, you. Yeah. yeah. So I get a lot of like, I'll get like a random, like, oh, I'm a you, you. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not religious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just about the lady sheep. That's okay, right. So I'm just about the lady sheep. So what is a you? I was like, oh, isn't it a baby sheep? No, no, no. That's a lamb or something. And a ram is a male sheep, but a you right. is a lady sheep. Exactly. Well, before we go any further, let me give a little background about Heather. So Heather is a graphic designer turned yarn entrepreneur. She's the founder, as we said, of UU Yarns, which is a line of merino yarns for the rainbow obsessed, <laughs> which I am one of. I thought it was past due that we have you on, Heather, because you and I have known each other for a while. I was going to say, is it like, it's like 10 or 11 years, I'd say. Yep. Back when I was working at the yarn store, uh, I sold your yarn as our luxury merino wool. So uh, it was always nice for people who were like, please, no synthetics. I would be like, oh, well, then you'll love this brand, which is all balled up and ready for your little one or whoever you're making stuff for. So as I then transferred over to the wholesale side of the spectrum, you know, when you when you enter a world that the person is in, of all these things you didn't know that they were dealing with. And then you're like, oh, the manufacturing side is so much different than the retail side. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's when we really connected. Well, then also my sister fell in love with you. And so you just became part of the family. What can I say? Yeah. Well, and we love Nancy too. So, right. yeah. So now I want to know because it's podcast or video. So, I mean, obviously Heather is biased. So Katie, when I go in and inappropriately squish one of those gains of yarn. Oh, it's appropriate. Don't worry. Yeah. What does it feel like compared to like other yarns? Like, well, I just yeah. happen to have a sample right here. It's oh. a, a scant ball, as you can see, because I've used uh, most of it. But this yeah. is the fluffy fingering. And it, if you squish, it is very soft and supple. And I will say yeah. that if you, uh, not to speak on your behalf, Heather. <laughs> Maybe you should describe it. Uh, so is it softer? Is it like softer than other? Is merino like a softer yes. yarn? So merino is a breed of sheep. So just like if you have a German shepherd, that's a breed of dog. And yeah. there's different types of sheep. And merino is one of those. And they have really long fibers. Um, and they're mm-hmm. really thin. So when they shear the sheep, those fibers are all really long, which means uh, that 
there's less pokey ends for this yarn. So when they spin it all into the yarn, there's less, less little stretching. ends that could irritate your skin, right? Yeah. And because the fibers are so much thinner, um, there then your skin doesn't react to it too. So God. there's a few. So it's almost like it's almost like a silkiness that this sheep has versus you know a a woollier sheep, if we right, want to say right. it like that. It's probably not the best term. <laughs> a more like yeah. rustic breed, maybe. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's you know, and there's still a place for like that naturally rustic wool like you know it's kind of traditionally like icelandic wools or something like that those sheep live in harsher conditions merino sheep are generally raised (laughs) in the southern hemisphere so like there's a ton in south america and australia my yarn comes from my wool comes from australia and um so they're just not as exposed to like the elements as um, right. some of the more mm. northern sheep are. Yeah. So there's a few factors that really make merino wool um, a desirable thing to do. And then on top of that, it's the perfect yarn to do a treatment called um, super washing because the fibers are longer. They actually have less open scales on them naturally. So they can treat the fibers and it sort of seals them together. And then as the yarn is used, it doesn't, um, you can actually wash this yarn after treatment and it kind of, it'll, it'll get a tiny bit fuzzier, but then it stays that way for like the rest of its life. Wow. It doesn't felt and shrink up into like half the size of your finished garment or anything like that. So right. it's kind of a cool product, which is why Katie was saying it was the perfect option for like a luxury baby gift or something like that. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, right. Because the, yeah, everyone washable. who's had a baby it's, knows you want that soft. to be washable. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's less allergenic. Yep. Got it. So there's a lot of, um, you know, less irritating and there's yeah. less lanolin. So there's just a few, <laughs> just a, a couple of perks. Reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I developed all my yarns on that. <laughs> Yes. That's oh, well, really so cool. that's that's another thing worth mentioning. You have a base yarn uh, fiber yes. um, that is then available in different weights, right? Exactly. I have a base, like yarn construction, let's call it. My yarn is not a base in the terms of like hand dyers. Uh, mm. They often find yarns from different suppliers, but my yarn is actually made for me at a mills to my specification and my color range and my twists per inch and how many plies it has and everything like that. So it's a yarn I actually designed and then I now offer it in four different weights. So we go from where Katie had the fingering weight, which is my thinnest offering at the moment, uh, up to a sport weight, which is a little heavier. And then we go to a worsted and then I also have a bulky weight so we so cute kind of I kind of have like uh the same yarn (laughs) in whatever size you might need (laughs) and then whatever color you might need because I was looking at your website and I was like oh that is a fruit flavor rainbow (laughs) rainbow fruit flavor of options yes yeah I try and um kind of give each color its place you know I don't have like 
15 different shades of blue. I have light blue, medium blue, and dark blue. Yes, and that pairs well with silver or, you know, yeah. yeah, I think everything has its place. Tell me the journey from like, Heather, mm. here I am, like, do designing graphically. I don't know. <laughs> were you a graphic designer? What were you yep. like working at a regular job? And one day you're like, I want to start a yarn business. <laughs> Please walk me through. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to college for graphic design and I've always had an affinity for, um, design but I kind of like I like and art and things like that but I like the practicality of graphic design so I was never going to be a fine artist where I'm making a painting and trying to tell you what it means like no I I can I like to provide information and format it and like I said each color has its space it's kind of how my brain works so I was a graphic designer I worked in newspaper and i worked for ikea in philadelphia uh their north american headquarters were there so i was doing signage for the stores so like anything from the parking lot to a little takeaway flyer um you're probably one of the few people who actually know how to pronounce all those names (laughs) yeah right we're like oh (laughs) no I'm like, no, no. Trop, trop. I don't <laughs> no. know. No, the <laughs> Swedes no. in the office. <laughs> the Swedes uh, in the office uh, would perpetually make fun of us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that was a good company to work for. And I got a lot of experience doing stuff. And then my husband got a job out here in Southern California. And he was like, oh, hey, uh, do you want to move to San Diego? And I was like, uh, yes. What day are we leaving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was 23, 24 and I'm like, we're going to move. Yeah, sure. Take me away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, so we moved out here and thankfully because Ikea is a big company, they mm. had a place for me uh, about 45 minutes away and I became an in-store graphic designer. So then I was like all the signage I had been creating I was then responsible for implementing in the store. And then any other little signs that needed creating, it was all on hand. And we had like vinyl cutters and, you know, the whole huge, huge print machines and fun stuff, like all right there in, in store. Um, And then, yeah, it kind of happened the way you said uh, my sister was at a trade show here in San Diego and we got together for dinner and she said, um, so I was wondering if you wanted to open a yarn store too. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I thought it might be neat if, you know, I have my store in Philadelphia and you could have a sister store out here in California. Okay. Wait, your, your sister already has a yarn store. Yes. And, and so are you already a knitter or a crochet or are you already a yarny person? Mm. No. She's yarn adjacent at this point, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I I knew how to knit, but I was knitting, I was twisting my stitches, Mm. which was okay because it was the the felted bag craze of the early 2000s. Uh, Yes, I remember. All my knitting just got boiled anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. That's a good test for your super wash yarns in the future. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Hmm. So, um, so yeah, she sort of said, would you like to partner with me and uh, 
run a store out here. So I did. <laughs> At oh. like 25, I quit my job and found a location for a store here. And she helped me put it all together. And um, I ran a store for three years. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know really- that. Oh, yeah. Oh. 2004, 2005 to 2007 or eight, oh, something wow. right in there. So the interesting thing about the 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 similarity here is like husband says, "Hey, I got a job in Southern California. Want to move?" And Heather's like, "Good to go." And yeah. then sister is like, "Hey, I want to open up a store where you live. So we have one in the east and one in the west." And you're like, "Okay, good to go." Right? <laughs> She's <That's> down. <laughs> if I'm glad you're right. Up. I kind of that's kind of how it goes for me. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that you said that because it isn't mm-hmm. just like Heather will do whatever someone says. It's if oh, it feels right, or if you're really like yeah. testing your gut, right? Yeah. Um, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I'm sure so many listeners are uh, crafters who have thought at some point, like, I love yarn and knitting or whatever so much. I wish I could open my own store. So to oh. hear someone who actually went through, <laughs> did you see that face? I'm going to zoom in <laughs> yeah. on that face. We're, we're gonna we're gonna follow <laughs> up on some of that in a minute because I think that there's more to the story about like. She did that for three years, mm-hmm. not forever. Yeah. Right. So, so right. then where did it flip? So Yeah. So, <laughs> but also you had some retail experience, both from the corporate retail environment. Yes. And, and I worked from, retail all through college. Yeah. Mm. And from then in store and, you know, working in graphic design, but that's also adjacent to what marketing and then store op- operations and right. understanding, you know, when you're doing signage and graphic design in a store, you're understanding wayfinding, you're understanding the marketing, you're understanding like customer experience. So you're not just a graphic designer, you're actually understanding the customer experience. So don't think that it's just this little silo when you're actually in store ops. i worked in retail also and helped them with that. So there's a lot of exposure to other sort of experience so i think that that probably helped Mm. that's very true thank you that's actually a really nice way to look at it (laughs) jim's great at offering alternative perspectives i mean you're not going into opening up a store with zero retail yeah actual retail under like bigger sort of retail how does it actually work experience right yeah the store part was not scary for me it was welcoming knitters and i didn't really know how to knit or crochet (laughs) Ah. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. So then stressful. what happened? So you found a location. Yeah. I found a location and yeah, my sister basically ordered all of my initial inventory. Uh, so uh, she had all the experience with like what yarns would work and things like that. And then, you know, we gradually adapted a little bit here and there for my climate versus her climate. Like we, carried cottons a little longer out here and stuff like that i like the store and it was sort of trial by fire i learned how to knit and fix problems and i mean i think all of it within the first six months i became a very good knitter yes (laughs) because i had to and i learned a lot like thankfully i um fell into some really uh good teachers mm-hmm. in my area, people I'm still friends with even now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, you know, overhear me saying something to a customer and be like, oh, you mean like this, you know? And <laughs> so I had a lot of helpful uh, resources <laughs> from an early point. And yeah, I absorbed all of it that I could. And uh, yeah, became a knitter and I love it a lot <laughs> still, obviously to this day. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So when did the transition happen from yarn store to yarn company? Uh, so uh, my store ended up having some weird circumstances, like, ah, uh, got some weird flooding issues two times and mm. my lease was up and I just sort of said, like, I think I'm, I think I'm done here. Mm. <laughs> and my sister was like, oh, I get it. And they were wanting me to sign a five-year lease, which was even longer than my first lease. And I'm like, I really just think I don't want to do this anymore. And mm. they were totally fine with it. So thankfully, like we said, uh, you know, we had the two stores. So it was like, I did some selling, but then a lot of it, we just moved over because by that point, 2007, I want to say, uh, she was selling online too. Mm. So the inventory was not having more inventory was not a problem for her. <laughs> we had the outlet and everything like that. And so, yeah, we um, just sort of moved away from the store. And then I went back to doing graphic design as a freelancer um, for like three years, I guess. And I was still knitting and I was designing patterns and things like that, um, going to a knitting group. And then all of a sudden, um, I don't know, we just came up with the idea, like, what would be a better product for me? Like, I've always done marketing and branding for other companies. And it was like, why not just have my own product? Mm. Why am I selling other people's products forever? And so, you know, we talked it over and I knew I had mill connections from the store days. And so I called up a guy I liked and was like, hey, will you make me some samples? And he sent me a bunch of samples and we spec'd it out and tried it. And I took my savings and I started <laughs> with one with my worsted weight yarn in seven colors. And I went to the trade show and sold my yarn. <laughs> like, so Ooh. I had all these steps of like, I knew the industry. I knew uh, a yarn that would sell in the store. Like, mm -hmm. and I knew how to do the trade shows. I knew that I needed pattern support. So there were, I had a lot of, like you said, working knowledge about all the other steps of what it would take. Um, so, and I didn't have, like, I didn't have to pay someone to build my website. I didn't have to pay someone to write my patterns, right. you know. <laughs> or do the graphics. Yeah. Right. None of that photos, all of it. So I managed to get that off the ground and that was... 2011. Now I actually have five offerings in four ways. <laughs> and wow. somehow, so I, yeah, I went from seven stock units to now I have a hundred. Uh, yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. And over <laughs> 10 years time. Is that right? A lot. I just am 11. Oh, that's this right. Month. Some days I'm like, this is awesome. I, this is exactly what I dreamed of. And then other days I'm like, what am I doing to myself? <laughs> I mean, isn't that most people though? Right? Especially yeah, if you're true. an entrepreneur, you're like, what did I do? We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I really want to talk to you about color, how you work with color in your yarns, especially. And then we'll, we'll look at your hands. Stick yep. around, everybody. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, Jim, I was just on your website and I saw that you have an option for 
readings. Are you doing more than just palm readings now? I have started offering tarot readings in addition to palm readings. <gasps> yes, finally. You can find information about tarot readings or palm readings on my website, thedivinehand.com. Both are available virtually anywhere in the world. Or if you live in the Seattle area, I am seeing clients in person as well. Thedivinehand.com. That's where you can go to learn more. Check and we're back. So in the second half, I think color is our topic because as a graphic designer, I'm sure you're used to dealing with color and having a retail background and everything. You know how color affects customers. So I'm curious, um, like what was some of the thought process when it came down to choosing your colors and naming them since people love, you know, to oh. name colors and whatnot. You know, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that process. Uh, so I think the main idea behind my yarn was that I wanted all of the colors to work together. So, you know, if you pick up an orange skein, it's going to look good with that blue. And if you pick up a, you know, a light pink, it's going to look good with the gold or whatever the case may be. So that was uh, kind of my initial reasoning about like, how the tones sit mm. on or with each other. And then as the line has grown, uh, I've really started to think of it more as a box of colored pencils, but for knitting. Yes. So, you know, you get a fresh box of Prismacolor and you open it and it's like, mm. the thing is here and you have all your choices and you can blend this one with that one to make whatever you want to make. And that's how I like to think of the yarn uh, that I am providing knitters an artistic palette to create their vision. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I well, love that. It's like a box of pencils because don't we always love sort of opening up that box and being like, Ooh. everything's yeah, in that perfect right. rainbow order, exactly. untouched. It's just calling customers to like push their hand, hole through it and mess it all up. It's enticing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so every, every package I send, I try and put it in rainbow order, even for stores, everything gets shipped in rainbow order and for Ooh. customers. So whatever the case may be, it goes in the order on all the numbers or by or you know rainbow order and everything <laughs> very organized having been a person who previously named colors of yarn um, it came to my attention that um being overly creative with the names isn't always so helpful uh and it was suggested to me at one point can you just name the colors the color they are uh <laughs> so when people are calling to order them they're not looking for like you know uh happy time at the sun or whatever Disco. you know <laughs> yeah exactly something that doesn't even allude to the color at all yeah um, well as a colorblind person this is definitely a problem oh if it's mm. not if it doesn't say like happy time at the beach orange I mm. won't know what color it is. And it drives me crazy when I go on to something. Oh, it was a pair of jeans. There was, was a pair say, of jeans. I can see that in fabric. In like yeah, there was a pair of mm. jeans. And if, in fact, it's the pair that I'm wearing now. And the color was batik. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> don't know mm. what color that is. And I can't tell from the internet picture because I'm colorblind. And every other person could tell that is this color of green 
but I can't oh. tell because I would have thought batik green. would be more blue. Yeah. I thought batik was just a dying it's a technique. technique. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it is. Huh. Okay, Fine. well, interesting. Yes. But that was the name of the color because hmm. some yahoo thought it was an interesting whatever. <laughs> and because you can see green, you would look at that picture even on the internet and you wouldn't know exactly what color green it was because it's the internet. Hmm. But you would be like, oh, well, those jeans are uh, interesting green. And then you would probably not buy them, which is why they were on clearance. But I <sighs> saw them and I was like, Oh, those are like black. Those are awesome. Batik. Oh. So I yeah. ordered them because I thought, oh, batik is like that black that's in batik. You know, people batik mm-hmm. and it's like black. Yeah. You know, around it. Is like, yeah. Yep. Right. And they show up and I'm like, oh, these are kind of lighter black than I thought. And then my husband is like, those are green. <laughs> so <laughs> name oh. the first rule of marketing is call it what it is. And the first rule of naming colors, call it what it is. All of your colors have the color name in it. Pretty much. I mean, yes. Like, you know, if we go over here, this is cotton candy, which I mean, oh, it isn't. Could the be like blue. Color name. <laughs> what? I know, but most cotton candies. How often do you tend to have color discussions <laughs> with customers who we want uh, drop? We want gossip. We want an argument. Yes. Story is what really what we want. That's Ooh. right. Yes. I don't. I don't know that I've had any. Let's say arguments over color but what i like to do so they do often people when they see something they want it in that color let's say because they know it works like you know i made a sample in pink and blue they might not have put this together but i put it on and they're like oh yeah that's good i'll take that you know Mm -hmm. and um i think the hardest thing to do is to get them to try like okay i like to look at especially when I'm out at stores now, I like to uh, kind of look at what that person's wearing, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a blue sweater here, but she has on like golds and greens. And I'm like, okay, well, I think you'd actually like this combination better. And they start to kind of be like, well, no, I don't think so. And then I'll sort of hold it up to her shirt and say, <laughs> you really like this combination. And then they go, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I do. And then the, off they go, all happy. And I've sold a different color. <laughs> yes. That, okay, that's a great point. That is another thing I remember often working at the yarn store was people would um, shop the color they were wearing without realizing yes. it. Oh, so yeah, that's a great perception. <laughs> like, without well, maybe realizing it. this color you're wearing. <laughs> yes. Well, Just think- assisting them along because it only helps them love their project more. And it mm-hmm. helps that means they're going to finish their project and they're going to actually want to wear their project and, you know, all those types of things. If I see a project, a pattern in a color, I'm afraid to branch out. I would be afraid to invent my own colors because all that work being put into it to then not like the color. I used to tell people if, if you like the color in the ball, how are you not going to like it as your project? Like you like it right now here, exactly. except, <clears throat> except if it's a variegated yarn, those are different. Like if it's a solid color or a tonal color, it, like the ball is what it is. If it's a variegated yeah. color, that's like very garish, it's going to look totally different in it up and it could make your project look entirely different. And so I feel like there, yes. you know, maybe that's like understandable, but generally, yeah, correct. you know, I don't really it out. 
I don't really work in that space because I'm yeah. not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of variegated yarns very much. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was always a hard sell for me too. So you partnered with Katie on a recent knit along was last month, a I knit along it. with the river mitts. Was that right? The river mitts. Knit along. Oh yeah. Right here. Helping. In fact, Beautiful. yes. And Mine you supply. Oh, look at you in use. And it was your yarn, your fingering weight yarn that was suggested people use, right? And yep. could, you know, purchase and everything, which was super awesome. I love this. My question is really around, okay, so here's Katie exploring this interaction between magic and color and color magic and, and magic and creating and crafting. Has it intrigued you? So I have always thought about color evoking emotion. You know, we have serene palettes and we have, well, we can just go the opposite. We have like angrier palettes or more vivid combinations that happen against each other that cause emotion. You know, that sort of tried and true, uh, like purple and gold. They're opposites on the color wheel. There's no blue or red in yellow and there's no yellow inside purple which is a combination of blue and red so they have that like vibrating uh color pop and those sorts of like making a palette that works for a mood or making different combinations for maximum impact is something that i've always liked but katie has recently developed another pattern using my yarn where she taught me something about like color magic and creating with an intention for the mood or how you want to feel with your uh, project, like while you knit it and then when you wear it or as you gift it with a purpose or something like that. And I think it's something that sort of was always maybe floating around in the back of my mind, but the way she, uh, the way Katie lays it out in the pattern, there's even a whole page inside the design that talks about like uh, putting different combinations together and what they mean as far as those moods and, you know, <laughs> serenity or love or uh, whatever they are. And I've never just personally put that entirely together. So I think it's a really um, warm way of looking at the colors I've created. Um, like I said, I put it together, I put the palette together as uh, something for people to use and enhance their creativity. And yeah, I love that that a fellow designer has brought another side of it even uh, to me. When I read the pattern, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And then we ended up developing kits for this new cowl and all of them are based on... Um, you know, like romance and empowerment and mm -hmm. all these cool things. And I just went right with Katie's color palettes because it's like, oh, well, <laughs> they're great. And they have these meanings and it all ties together. And yeah, like I said, that's not the way I normally would have done things. But I think going forward, uh, I will. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> ah. Any new way to look at something is exciting, right? Whether it yes. resonates with you or not, it just happened to, that's even better. Yeah. yeah. So the cowl that she's referring to is the self-love cowl. Oh, yeah. There it is. Where so, I've, uh, 
I've paired three colors together, one of which runs throughout, and then two others are, yep, exactly. So they're, if you're watching our video, you can see mine knit up together, and then yeah. Heather's holding the individual skeins. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so self-love is the theme, obviously, that I picked for mine, and that's the color that it's in. But like Heather mentioned, there's other color combinations, too, for abundance and romance and all sorts of fun stuff, and then areas for you to create your own. I wanted it to be um, a pattern that would gently allow people to introduce this concept without freaking them out, <laughs> um, because it, it really is just color theory when it comes down to it. So Yes, you'd put together a serene palette. That's what I love about color, and I love that I'm able to provide uh, a medium for you to like find a palette like that it's been a wonderful pairing. One of the things that I can't help but notice, getting back to, sort of Kate taking this a little bit full circle, Heather's yarns, and I mean, I know this isn't uh, purposeful, but, or, or on purpose, but it just so happens that we're talking about color theory. We're talking about this uh, cowl pattern. And it's just very interesting as I'm looking at the names of the colors, because a lot of the colors are named for fruits, foods, for foods, herbs, and mm. gemstones. Those foods, for herbs, um, herbs, edibles, and gemstones, and even concepts like the sky are also have associations magically and spiritually and sort of metaphysically. So one of the other things that's possible as you're working this cowl or as you're doing something soft sage doesn't actually have sage in it because the name mm. of that yarn is soft sage. It is evocative of sage. You can also imagine the properties of sage that exist in that yarn. And so as you're using, for instance, soft sage, you could also be imagining those properties with that yarn. And so this is another way to use color magic is it's evocative of that product as a, of that thing. If it's lemon, if it's berry, if it's these other names that you have. And so yeah. I think that that's another really powerful thing. It just so happens. This isn't something that Light from Lantern that, that Katie had done with Heather beforehand. It happens that Heather named all of her yarns independently, just based on her brand and her whole aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And Katie and her just get along. But it just so happens that most of the yarns have, you know, these associations, except for cotton candy, which doesn't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just it's the most fun that. one though. So don't worry it's about it. Yeah. <laughs> which you can then associate anyone who's magical could also associate that with, okay, well, what does that evoke for me? That evokes child, childlike play mm. and joy and the circus and fun. And, you know, just, you know, sweetness of mm -hmm. the sweetness of life or something. And so you can do that with any of those. And so that's another thing to really sort of bring into, you know, your visualization as you're doing it. That's a great point. Yeah. You didn't even know you were that. magical. Yeah. <laughs> how, how influenced you are by, yes. Well, it's a tool that, that the, that the knitter, that the, that the crocheter, that the crafter can use with that yarn. Little Have you ever thought hands. about that? Has it ever occurred to you? I mean, I'm, not on the magic side of things, I but I do really enjoy the small joys is kind of how I look at things. Like, 
yeah, I go outside and I pick sage and I think about kind of what Mm -hmm. it looks like and how it smells and what, you know, so the natural side, you know, I have pistachio Mm -hmm. and I love taking photos of the sky. And, you know, so there's like, there's definitely things wrapped. I named this color red velvet because one of my good friends, that's uh, her, she was one of my early teachers at Um, my yarn store and it's her favorite flavor of cake and Mm -hmm. it just makes me think of her every time I talk about that color and so there's definitely things and ideas that wrap into all of this uh and I you know if you want to um call it magic or memory or evoking you know it's definitely all there you know I have bowls in my kitchen that aren't in great shape but they were my grandma's and they make me think of my grandma, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the same sort of thing. Uh, you know, I kind of take that all through my life. I don't mean to push that. Oh, suddenly had this away. I mean, <laughs> when we're doing, when, whenever we're doing intention work or craft, the craft is really just looking to nature to mm. find meaning and to find, you know, a deeper, connection with something yeah and when you have yarns that are named for things that are natural or meaningful there's an extra tool in in our visualization and our ability to bring more meaning into our into the work that we're doing and however way we choose to 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 conceptualize that yeah exactly that's yeah it's basically all of those things i guess i just put a different label on it because I am For a very sure. intentional person, obviously, uh, as far as, <laughs> like you said, <laughs> people ask me to do something and I'm like, yeah, sure. That feels good. I'll go do that. <laughs> you know? so cool. like, it's exactly, <laughs> it's just kind of how I go. <laughs> she just knows herself. That's good. Super fun. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up with a little palm reading for Heather's hands. I've never had it done. So I'm thrilled. Well, this will be a good first experience. So you're not scared <laughs> about it? You're not scared? Uh no, not really. Oh, okay, uh, good, good, good. <laughs> should I be? No, hey, well, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna read your hands. So let's share the screen and check out your picture here. All right. So there's okay. your gorgeous selfie. <laughs> Fabulous. In that really great sweater that you're mm-hmm. wearing. Yes. So when we look at the shape of your hands, the shape of your hands is the element of air. So we can tell that's the element of air because you have long fingers and um, slightly shorter palms in comparison to other people's palms. And you have this unique, um, well, it's not unique. You have this particular um, formation here where your headline, which is the line in the middle of your hand, and your lifeline, which is the line that wraps around your thumb, are separate from each other. In half the people, about half the people, their headline and their lifeline are connected to each other. And for you, those lines are separate from each other. So I don't know if you can tell on my hand in the camera, but oh, my, yeah. my lifeline and headline are connected to each other. They kind of so you have Yeah, yours are separate. So that is that in the shape of your hand and a couple other things, that's an air hand. So what is a, the element of air? The element of air, people with air hands are often referred to in ways related to the metaphysical meaning of air, which is logic, rationality, scientific thinking. People who are air often are the thinkers. They're the people who are very intelligent and they rely on their their rational and their rational thinking a lot. 
So for instance, if I were to come to you with a lot of emotion and I were to say, oh my God, this thing happened, blah, 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 blah. You, you, and we were friends. You might say, whoa, 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 Jimbo. Who, who, okay. Okay, honey. Okay. All right. Now what happened? Tell me, hold on. All right. That's a lot of drama. That's a lot of emotions. Okay. What happened actually? Go through ABC. One, two, three. What happened? And so th- this is the type of thing that an air hand might do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's look at your body language. So the body language that you're um, exhibiting in this picture says a lot about your unconscious and what's going on. So your thumb, do you see how your thumb on your left hand is slightly less open than the thumb on your right hand? Mm-hmm. The thumb on your right hand, your right hand represents you in your public life. So you in your business, in your public life, in the world, what you're doing And the thumb is the doer. That is, am I ready to take action or or not? So you're definitely a doer. This tells me there's a lot more that you're taking action on in in your public life, in your work life, than in your personal life. Not a lot more, but that's where the focus is. It's also where the communication is happening. You can see that the pinky finger is slightly more open. You are on a podcast at the moment, so that makes sense. Um, But it's also like in general, like that communication is there. Let's look at the lines um, on the hands. Oh, that's so Mm. cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like, uh. You just opened a book that I'm not privy to or something. (laughs) Katie Katie has learned a little bit of palmistry from me. So that's why she sees this thing. And she's like, ooh. Mm -hmm. So we're Mm -hmm. both probably looking at this here. Yes. um, Which is a line just above your heart line. So the line at the top of your hand is your heart line. And the heart line represents the pattern of your emotional processing. So how, how do you work with emotions? Generally, on both your right and left hand, your heart line is rather straight across your hand. And so this is a a pragmatic heart line. (laughs) And the way to really become close to you is probably through stability, consistency. I would need to show up on time. I would need to show that I am consistent and trustworthy. Inside of that is where you would then open up emotionally and be able to have that trust with someone. That is the the pragmatic heart line. This line up here is indicative of someone who really is great at having a vision for an idealism, but also someone who can see the highest and best in situations, both in themselves, although we tend not to look at that in ourselves because we are busy looking at it in others. The difficulty is if you're too attached to that in other people, it can become attachment and that can be difficult. But the positive part of this is you can see the highest and best in other people. And it's such a beautiful trait for you to see like, oh my gosh, I see where this could be. I see what we could do here. It's a really fantastic trait. And when you have that on an air hand, this Mm. is often the mindset and the design and the ability to like, like work it out the work out the calculus of how to get to uh, an ideal vision. Yeah, neat. So that's a little bit on your hand, just a little bit of fun. Wow. Was that cool? I didn't really, yes, it is. Thank you. Of that reading, what hit you the most? What was like, whoa. Oh, well, you're definitely right, but it takes me (laughs) a while. (laughs) Like you got to prove yourself 
before you're in the club. Mm. <laughs> That's quite accurate. <laughs> and if you show up late, mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you're lying through, and that's yep. it. Yeah, that's quite a, that was that was pretty spot on. The wonderful thing about being a creator is people can knock off things, they can steal ideas or snag right. pictures or whatever, but they can never be the the source of the creativity. There you go. Yeah, I agree. I'm never bothered if like if someone takes a pattern of mine. It's like, okay, well, sorry, you didn't have any ideas on your own. Uh, you know. There you go. Very and nice what's your next, it. where's your next idea coming from? Cause it's mm. not going to be from me. So yeah, I just let stuff slide like that. Cause it's like, well, I'm moving in a different direction. I don't know where you're headed. <laughs> yeah. So that idea is done. Enjoy Sorry. it. <laughs> oh, right. I think that's very healthy reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you being on with us, Heather and uh, allowing us to read your palm real quick. That was such a yeah. treat. I agree. And thank you, you for are, inviting me. You're oh, yeah. so inspiring. I am. <laughs> I love the your company, your aesthetic, just everything about it. It's so inspiring to see someone become successful with their idea, and mm. to also know that it isn't just you know it's built over time. Mm. It. Yeah. I mean, what the the little things that I just want to point out is it did take investment. It did take risk. You did put your savings into it. You, but you also had a plan and you, you, you know, you experimented and, and prototyped and worked your way in and worked your way up and, and didn't wow, stop. 11, this is 11 years hence right now, not yeah. an immediate success. And that's how I, it well, is for everybody. Right. There's a good adage in like business lately that says, you know, it takes a decade to be an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of have been feeling like, okay, it's like, all right, I got my first decade under my feet. Now I can really do, I, it's like, all right, I've done all the things that I thought about 10 years ago. Mm. Now I can like make other moves. So yes. yes, but thank you. It's very nice of you. It was really nice to meet you, Jim. And yeah, th- I mean, you've said some really wonderful things today. So well, how can people continue to follow you, find everything? What's your social, the website, all the things? I am uu.com. So just E-W-E, E-W-E. And then to find me on social, I am uu yarns, so that you really know what you're finding. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> and, it's not uh, the church. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we can um, connect on there. I love getting messages. And if you head to my site, that's kind of my main hub so i've got blogs you can sign up for my newsletter is my my main channel and i love getting messages back from knitters with pictures or questions we answer a ton of like knitting questions and color questions all the time and yeah we have this kit with katie the self-love cowl looks great and i can't wait to uh get it out in the world yay Yes, it's all part of our wrapping up of the month of March. 
<laughs> moral. Moral. Yes, we have all of our moral projects. <laughs> That's right. That's a it's a moral color, meaning two colors mixed together there, Jim. And because oh. March is March and moral sounds like March, we're calling it moral chalma. Moral. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for whoever I did that to moral. <laughs> I like it. I'm excited about that. Everyone needs to check that out. Where can people find that pattern and that kit to do that? So on UU Yarns, uh, we have a whole section called Yarn Kits. And the names uh, are wrapped up in there. The ones from Katie's pattern. So whatever inspires you, if it's abundant luck, healing Mm -hmm. comfort, you know, whatever. Uh, I know the pattern's available on Ravelry or through the kit uh, on UU.com. So I also want everyone to subscribe to Heather's newsletter because um, that's where you're going to get all kinds of updates about UU yarns. And obviously she will be talking about, you know, that kit with Katie. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, I should download that pattern and do that because I need more yarn in my life. If you're a knitter or a crocheter, I know you don't always need. Yes. Right. No, that's, that's a right. problem. It's usually the one you're like, I don't need any more yarn. I'm not buying any yarn today. And then you come out with a big bag full of yarn. So be careful. But I can even have do you, it. You, <laughs> no, but have you seen Heather's yarns? I mean, just go look at them. Like you don't need another deck of tarot cards. Yeah, until right. Katie <laughs> until shows you a new deck of tarot cards. And then you're like, oh. Mm, except for that one. Then no more. Yeah. And then more, one more, but then no more. Yeah. So, Knitters yeah. love yes. tarot cards too, or tarot decks. Yeah. I, I was talking about this interview coming up, and a few of my knitters at my sip and stitch group were like, Oh, I have tarot decks. Oh, I have like six. Oh, I have. And I'm like, Oh, wow, we have never discussed this before. Oh. <laughs> so, this I'm is very where, excited. Too. This is where yeah. we can be, we need to be guests at actual, like, like yes. stitch circles and do like tarot and, and Ooh, yeah tarot and stitches or something this, yeah. well, when katie gets her van and drives on down <laughs> yes do going on tour yes oh one day anyway yes well uh if you haven't signed up for jim's newsletter you know where to go and find it the divinehand.com also um all of his classes are on there under the learn section and for heaven's sake book a reading already you want to know what's on your palms you just saw heather get hers read to filth just book one already and then you too can know all the things that will help you in your life so there you go boom plus you get like time with jim and that's awesome so, <laughs> well, you not that i'm biased great. i but. i promise that you'll laugh when we yes. have a reading together there yeah, you that's go. True. So. <laughs> awesome well thank you heather again for joining yeah. us thanks jim as always and uh we'll look forward to seeing everybody again next week awesome all right everybody see you next week thanks heather thanks guys thanks guys Bye. bye-bye Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, new episodes of Knit a Spell are conjured every Wednesday. Learn more at knitaspell.com and follow our Instagram page at knitaspell. If you have a quick second to support the show, feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or share this with a friend. Jim and I appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next week.